Blog Talk Radio. with a criminal matter, has the right to have their case heard before. A judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial court. Have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply, rules of evidence, and be found innocent or guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Yet, our most vulnerable can have their rights, assets, and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting, that can ignore evidence and facts, and, determine matters as they see fit, and, conclude matters based, on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet? As I've said before, you should be. Good evening everyone, this is Marty Oakley of TS Radio Network. And, boy, we've got a show lined up for you here tonight. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, Kaz, you there? Say hello. Yeah, Kaz. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, we've we've got a lot going on. Um, I'm getting a lot of messages about this, Carolyn's Law, and I want to explain my position on this. The premise of the law in itself is okay, but it has been intentionally keep that word in mind, intentionally written to exclude any penalties for not following the process. That's the problem with it. This was done intentionally. You think you're getting a good bill, and it would have been if they had said, if you don't allow a hearing within 10 days where the victim even gets to be heard, then you have violated this law. And having done so, you are now subject penalties what are those penalties and who does the enforcement see all of those things are absent they're absent from every one of these fluff and buff bills that come out so it just um basically uh, this this is my objection to it it started out good but they haven't they haven't sewed it up they haven't tied it up yet um there is nothing that prevents them continuing to do what they do the bill might as well say uh, if you don't have a hearing, so what? You know, you can't do anything about it. And also the line crossing from civil law, the common law, into probate, which is tribunal and code and regulation and not law, is going to be a difficult hurdle to jump. That needs to be bridged. Anyway, cause we got a show tonight. Um Oh, yeah. With us is Marcia Southwick. She's been with us before. She's with NASCA, and she's going to be continuing on with her expose on basically what I call body snatching, and um, where they're hacking up bodies and selling the parts off 
to about anybody will buy them. And this, just like uh, I've talked about directed energy weapons, do weapons, several agencies and the military, of course, has them. Um, many corporations have them. Private individuals have them. They are totally unregulated. So they can be used on the public without penalty because there is no no law pertaining to them, no regulation that says you can't do this. And the same thing is here. They can chop these bodies up, parts all over the world, and there's no regulation. You can't be cited for anything because you have not broken any law. So our guest tonight, like I say, is Marcia Southwick, and I'm going to bring her on and let her tell you this story. Marcia, good evening. Oh, hi. I'm glad I'm, I'm on. I'm hey, Marcia. On speaker. Hi, Cos. Let me yeah. put myself on speaker. Okay, hang on. Uh, oh, don't put on speaker because it'll re- vibrate across the... Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been doing, you know, Marty, is you, you and I did a show on this not too long ago uh, after Reuters did a, 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 a an investigation that was just incredible about how the body parts selling organs is regulated, although, of course, there's a huge black market for it, uh, uh-huh. for, body, for uh, organs, but it is regulated, supposedly, in the United States. And for the most okay. part, the U.S. is pretty good. But when it comes to the sale of, uh, you know, limbs and tissue, it's called non-transplant tissue banks that do this. Okay. And uh, so, as you say, it's completely unregulated. And what happens is uh, that basically crooks who want to make money off the selling body parts will approach a funeral home or a hospice or a hospital and tell the family that they'll take care of the cost of cremation if the family donates their loved one's body to science. But they don't really read the fine print, you know. Sometimes yeah. they don't even, they just tell them to sign a form and then it's just done. Other times they provide all of the information that you need to know, but people don't read it. So what ends up, up happening is when they donate their body to quote-unquote science, really what happens is the the broker who arranged this and say if you do this with the funeral home, the mortician or whoever will get a cut, will get a kickback, right? And so it's profitable for everybody to kind of keep the family in the dark because they might object to having their loved one's head sent to Turkey for research, you know? Yeah. And so what happens is the body is then uh, severed into six parts. Often in the U.S. they've found a lot of these companies are really sort of fly-by-night private enterprises, and what happens is they're, they use a chainsaw, you know, and they have oh. stuff in a freezer, and, you know, it's just gross. Um, yeah. And the case I mentioned in the promo was that uh, Reuters, this 2015 in southern Nevada, the, the, in the suburbs there are all these complaints from neighbors about the stench in the neighborhood, you know, coming from this one area. And so health inspectors came and they found a a guy in medical scrubs 
in the front yard, in his front yard, hosing down a torso. And oh, God. It, and yeah, yeah, just this torso. No head, no arms, no legs, right? Just the torso. It had been frozen. He was getting it ready to, for sale, okay? And bits of tissue and blood were washing into the gutters and streaming down the store, past storefronts and, and eventually yeah. pooling near this technical school. I mean, it was really obscene. And so the FBI raided what turned out to be huge, uh, a huge warehouse, basically, of dead bodies and uh, selling them in parts and so forth. And But in the end, as, as happened also in New Mexico and other, with other cases very similar to this, they couldn't prosecute the guy because there's no law against the trafficking of body parts. If you exchange, if you receive, quote, unquote, fees for your costs, but the profits are staggering. It's very similar to what happens in the fetal, you know, body part uh, trade. They claim that there are fees. They're only covering fees for shipping and packing and this and that. But actually, like in the case of Planned Parenthood, they didn't have to pay any of those costs, and yet they were charging for them. So, you oh, know, when God. they sold these fetal tissues to, you know, and body parts and organs and things, um, that was a huge scandal also occurring around, I think mm-hmm. it was 2015 or so. Uh, you, do you remember Gee, that? Yes. Yes, I do. It was uh, – then they uh, – this – the let's see, Center for Medical Progress, which is pro-life, but that's not the issue. What they did was they decided to go undercover as tissue bank bankers or whatever they're called, uh-huh. uh, from representing a company that dealt in uh, selling fetal body parts to researchers and so forth, or you know, get, garnering them for research. Undercover, they, they, they did this undercover thing with a body cam, and they went in and they talked to uh, people at a Planned Parenthood convention and uncovered uh-huh. this. I mean, they had a discussion over lunch where this lady's drinking wine and eating salad and uh, talking about, about, you know, procuring body parts. Uh, that were, Ugh. you know, the need to get them as whole as possible, and and you know you could uh, you could get a a, a viable uh, you know organs if you just crushed the top and the bottom of the body and just kept you know extracted oh. the body. Uh, yeah, really, really hideous. And of course, uh, Planned Parenthood uh, came out against it, said it was all doctored and. You know, you just, but then they yeah. did a, uh, under oath, um, I guess it was before Congress. I'm not sure what it was, but under oath, these people were, they just told all, the whole story, which is not good. Wow. You know? Yeah. Do you so know, that's uh, some years back. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, a few years back here. Uh, CBS News was running the whistleblower show, and of course it uh-huh. was a setup to make whistleblowers look bad. Uh, the oh, they're only doing it for the money, 
And the thing is, they seldom get any money. It's usually the attorneys that take everything. There was a gentleman named Barry Traub that they highlighted on there. He was a mortician out of Alabama. And he had Mm -hmm. started noticing that when uh, bodies were brought in for to be readied for funeral, they'd be missing bones and tendons and their brains and this and that and something else. And so he went to his manager who told him to shut up and just keep working. He went to the owner of the mortuary who immediately fired him. And he was telling a friend about this. The friend said, I have a friend at the FBI. He said, "Um, go tell him about it. So he did. It ended up they prosecuted these people. And there was a large multi-million dollar settlement of which Barry got none. The attorneys took it. But the point was, this was the first I ever heard of this raiding bodies for parts and bones and everything else. And they were telling him to put PVC pipe in there. Or any kind of pipe. Yeah, I remember do. that. I remember uh, that case. Yes. Mm-hmm. Remember you talking yes. about and, uh, In fact, yeah. didn't that happen and, to Alistair Cook? Yes. I think, that happened to, I think that happened to Alistair Cook, that they discovered that. Yes. But, well, and then he, you remember they, they took Einstein's brain, and then that guy now owns it, and he's selling pieces of it. Uh, what? It's just, I didn't know about that. Is, yes. Yeah, this is so grotesque. I can't believe it. It's, it's uh, one unbelievable. One of my concerns, Marcia, of course, is this guardianship scam. And we see, yeah. and I couldn't figure out, just like I couldn't figure out sometimes, I'm a little slow, why they would <laughs> take somebody's, all of their rights, except the right to vote away from them, until I found out they were yeah. selling those votes to bundlers who were selling them to the various political parties. Yeah, there was the a case of that. There there was a case of that exposed recently where they went into nursing homes and got all the voting yes. rights. Basically, they used the, the list of people there in the nursing home who, yes. who were incapacitated and voted, didn't they? Something like that. Yes. And then, see, and then the other thing is they'll go to these nursing homes and get the uh, death certificates for everybody who's died. And they will yeah. fill out a voting card for them, list the nursing home as their residence, cast a vote for them. They, they're doing all kinds of things. But like yeah. I say, here in guardianship, somebody may have pre-planned funeral arrangements that are all paid for. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the guardian will go in and dismiss those. The judge will say, okay, and they'll get rid of those. And I thought, why would you do that? That's an expense. Well, come to find out, who'd have thunk it? Um they're supposedly not they're, they don't notify the family two to three weeks or four weeks till after death right right the person has died and then they say oh we had them cremated what right. you mean mm-hmm. is you yeah, i've heard that too them. yeah that happened yep. to one um one guy on my page when i when i back back when i had boomers against elder abuse and his name was sheldon i can't remember his last name really <laughs> sweet guy i remember and him Remember him? And he yeah. found only found out that his father died by a letter in the mail issued three weeks afterwards. Yes. So he never knew yes. what happened to him or, you know, nothing. Right. He got nothing out of them. And he certainly didn't get well, his they, father's body, you know? Yeah. yeah. So or you never know. They claim or the ashes. Yeah. You don't right. know what that yeah. is. Right. You don't know if it's them or it isn't. 
And I, well, but what I think the, is they have figured, the, they figured out a way in, even after death of making a buck off of us, you know? Well, it's Go possible. Ahead. I don't think anybody's been prosecuted for that or anybody's uh, done a case oh, study no, they that they, they probably should. They yeah. should. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody should look into that because it's possible that someone, someone like Rebecca Furley, who's, you know, yeah. more than capable of doing something like that for money. You know? Yeah. I mean. And, you know, we outed was, her. I've said several times we outed her more than 10 years ago. And um, Oh, I did, I'm too. To I had her. Things. And, yeah, yeah, I had her on my site uh, for a long time. And, and it was if you Googled her, it came up. That came up. The, the uh, yeah. complaint against her on my site. And, uh, yeah. you know, nobody. Yeah. Did, nobody. Yeah, it just doesn't. No, it's her, very non-transparent. Her law firm, yeah. Her law firm um, sent me emails trying to uh, threaten me, saying they were going to sue me if I didn't take the articles down. I said no. And they said, well, we can sue you and take it. And I went back and I said, you realize it's a felony to threaten lawsuit and not follow through. Interesting. And yeah. So, yeah, they, I didn't hear any more. But I made sure NASCA had copies of those emails just in case something happened. Right. To me. Oh, good, good, and, um, good. That's good. Yeah. So, um, but it's just, you know, we've had these April parks, of course. Here again, mm-hmm. somebody who's saving ashes earns. These are, these are the uh, tokens, the badges, so to speak, of a serial killer. They, they yeah, it is. Well, it feels. Were, it seems like that, doesn't it? Either that, or she's yeah, just too damn yeah. lazy to contact the families. I don't know. And no, uh, we have that one incident in Pennsylvania. That uh, Which, Carol Hershey, Carol Hershey. Oh God. We had Jay on our show, and she went into his mother's house. Basically, they loot the house, you know, because she's the guardian. Yeah. yeah. And she took his father's ashes and just dumped them all over the living room. Just oh. wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so awful. So it awful. Uh, it is. Sometime, sometime um, I want to do a show with you, Marty, on and cause on, you know, these bad guardians, the ones who are really, really awful. Yeah. And, uh. And what I want to think about is how does that moral, there's moral disengagement. There's a whole bunch of, yes. there's a whole bunch of material on what causes moral disengagement, how it happens, what are the results. Um, in other words, how is it that people can do bad, such horrible things and somehow not see it as horrible? I mean, well, somehow they you know, think. I've been- I've been following that in the on these science sites about there being at least two, if not more, distinct species of Homo sapien. That we are not all just one thing. And to me, this makes sense because I keep saying these people are different. There's something different about them. And I think this I think is what it aliens. is. And people say, "Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're great. Oh, I know. I'm always crazy. And but compare it, you know. I liken it to the comparison of a domestic dog to a wolf. They there you look go. the same, pretty much. Yeah, I like but that. But a domestic like dog that, will love you to death, but a wolf will kill you. Yeah, and it do not have any compulsion about And they look kind of the same. They look cute. Yeah. Both of them but look it, cute as puppies. Yes. yes. And, but, you know, you so, look at these 
beasts, predators. These people are natural-born predators. They are born this way. And if you could see a history of their lives, I have no doubt you would see a history of constantly uh, landing on someone else and abusing them, taking something from them. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I think these are the bullies in school. I think, you know, yeah. I think a lot of things, that social disengagement, you hit the nail on the head with that one because that's exactly yeah. what it is. These people have no sympathy, no empathy. They don't love. They don't actually even hate. They don't anything. Yeah. All well, I would imagine that, want. that, yeah, the Go people ahead. who are the bad guardians, um, and we don't really know. I know that you think all of them are bad, but I, I don't agree. I don't think that that's, I, I don't think we really have any proof of that. But when they're bad, they are just awful. And those are the guys that hit the news. We don't hear news about good guardians. You know, we don't. Well, I've asked and I think for 14 it's too bad. years. If, if I you know. know of one that isn't, let's get them <laughs> yeah. on here. We'll celebrate them. 14 years, it's still I think at this no name. Point, it, I think at this point the the profession has been really shamed. I, I'm, I yes. itself, and it seems to me that the good guardians, well, they do actually. I've heard a few people, guardians, talk about it, but who knows what they're doing underneath. You know, you never know. But yeah. um, they do... I think that good guardians, if there are, if they're out there, which you don't believe they are, and I do, but anyway, um, if they're out there, they should be, they should be really trying to repair the image of the profession because the, the whole profession is being dragged down because of these awful, mm-hmm. awful cases. Yeah, you know, and there are tons, and there are too many cases to just say this is a bad apple. That is not the truth. Right. It is a bad problem. Yeah. It's a bad problem. But anyway, back yeah. to um, the you know the uh, exploitation of bodies and yes. yeah. Um, in India, I was just reading about this one. I didn't know this. Uh, in India, they had uh, they found. Uh, let's see. How do I describe this? They found that there was a racket involving. Uh, uh, let's see, they found a, sort of a, uh, six people basically imprisoned or held people against their will and extracted their blood for profit. Ew. So they would just milk. Yes, yes, yes. Like what was so special about their blood that they, like were well, they a special you, rare type well, or something? Blood is, there's a real shortage of blood for blood transfers, right? Transfusion. Mm-hmm. And so apparently uh, the illegal blood collection in India isn't that rare. It, it's because of the shortages. So they're trying to clamp down on it, but, you know, I mean, it's awful. And there was a guy wow. who showed up in, in uh, Cambodia. This was recently. Uh, and he escaped from being trafficked and imprisoned and held, and they all they did was extract his blood, you know, tons of times until he almost died and he somehow escaped. And, you know, he had horrible swelling. There's a photo of him. Guys, just, and he said that his blood was, they were just draining him of his blood, which is it's pretty It's like sick. modern-day vampire. 
Yes. Yes. So the things that people will will do for profit are pretty scary and uh it's very unsettling to think that all this is going on because huge profits are coming from the body mm-hmm. trade. Huge. And well, not I feel only like do I they just What's that? You know, what I was going to say briefly here is uh, this is why they will never stop abortion. Now, I don't have an opinion yeah. either way on that, but yeah. they will never stop it. There is too much money in those dead babies, and too many yeah. high-profile people are invested in the companies that deal in this. They yeah. will never end abortion. I say yeah, the, the stem cell, the only thing stem these, cell research. The hard right wing. Religious idiots hate more than an abortion is a kid on welfare. So, you know, yeah. but it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. So where are we going with this? Um, there's something else here. You know, when our own government looks at us as a commodity in several different categories, we're in trouble. Yeah, we are in major they we got really are. It's it just, it feels like things are turning very dark and that the, you know, I was talking to my brother today about medical incentives, you know, what's happening to the medical field because they're making money off of lots of stuff, you know, extra procedures that you don't need. Um, you know, they'll, they'll perform th- uh, tests and stuff that you don't need. And, Elon Musk was interviewed recently, and he was saying that for every, let's see, for every COVID diagnosis, is that right? For every, yeah, for every COVID death, the hospital receives something like every death diagnosis COVID, uh, the hospital or whoever, I'm not even sure who, receives an additional 13000 bucks. So I guess the yep. hospital receives it. So they have a motive according to Elon, mm-hmm. to declare people. If you get hit by a bus and you happen to have COVID, you're going to be diagnosed with a COVID death instead of a bus death. You well, know? you can't have COVID because it doesn't exist, and they can't prove that it does. And um, what the general consensus is growing to be on that is <laughs> the testing of these do weapons on the public. And the cover story is this fake uh, uh, virus that they – can't identify, can't isolate, and they're using the PCR test, which the inventor of said cannot detect a virus, to say that you've got COVID. And basically, then yeah, that they up uh, that by, yeah, they up that by yeah, the saying COVID, that the flu. The, just, what, go ahead. I think Carrie Mullis, um, who won the Nobel Prize for discovering the piece, uh, what is it? Uh, DNA for DNA testing, he discovered how to amplify it so you could do it from a very tiny bit of DNA, and you could. But he said that that would not that kind of testing wouldn't work for COVID. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, and then the CDC came out and said that they weren't collecting flu stats either last year or this year. Um, that everything was being retagged as COVID, and. Uh, you know, it's it's like I've joked about before, but, you know, you can stub your toe now, and instead of you having a stub toe, you got COVID toe. Um, yeah. Everything, because yeah. there's money. There's money attached to that diagnosis. 
and um, well, apparently recent... too, if you're put on a re- if you're put on a ventilator, that's thirty nine thousand yes. dollars for the hospital. Yep, and that, I mean, that's it. The government is paying the hospital to take you out. Yeah, it's really awful. Awful. But it is. like, where do you see where do you see the world in even just ten years from now? I don't know if it's still going to be around, but I hope so. Yeah. I, I, it just feels, you know, it just feels uh, the clampdown is really getting bad. I mean, the the business yes. with the uh, ho- the farmers in Holland is disgraceful. The EU determined that they were that there was uh, too much carb, uh, too much, uh, you know, they raise their their. Dutch farmers are the most efficient farmers in the world, but they're emitting too much, you know, greenhouse carbon. gases somehow. Yeah, no. carbon or nitrogen, something. And now they've shut down, I think, 3,000 farms or something insane uh, because they want to uh-huh. protect the environment. I mean, I'm all for protecting uh-huh. the environment, but I'm not all into somebody else just randomly coming in with the power to shut you down. That's not right. Right. You know, and that's right. happening. No. And they're rising up. You know, and yeah. in the in the truckers in Canada, they froze their bank accounts when they rioted. Yep. I mean, when they protested. Yeah. That is insane. They froze their bank accounts in Canada. Yep. That's unbelievable. You so, know, and people here um, talk about, well, they talk about how bad it is somewhere else. It's bad, dear. You better look in your own backyard. It's bad yeah. here. They are closing the net by the day. And just like exposing what we are this evening, this trading in body parts, even of babies. Yeah. I know. Even I know. babies. It's so, and you think we're better off? And, it, and it's all because of greed. It's all greed. Yes. You know, yeah. it's just pure yes. greed. And that, And I think that that's what's, you know... That's what's taking over now. It's just there's greed everywhere. I mean, the big companies, well, yeah. the big pharma companies, they're making gazillions of dollars off these vaccines and, you know, just... It's, that are killing it's, people. And they're all interrelated, you know. The same people who work mm-hmm. for the FDA used to work for DARPA, used to work for Pfizer, yep. now work for Moderna, now, you know, or on... You know, who yep. knows? It's just it's the a revolving door. of it. Yeah, the coziness of it does remind me of guardianship at its worst in the courts, right? When the courts, yeah, you know, in New Mexico, it used to be they've stopped it, but it used to be the petitioning attorney got to choose every single person on that case, including the court visitor, the uh, you know the the doctors who were evaluating the patient, the the guardian ad litem, you know, and the guardian. Wow. So, wow, it's just that's just not cool. So they stopped it. But yeah. the point is, there's so many uh, conflicts of interest today in every yes. arena, everywhere you look. It's you you dig right. a little bit and you find out that somebody's taking advantage of something in order to get something, and it's just right. uh, it's hideous, yeah. you know. And if hideous. they have to kill you or your family to do it, they will. And uh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, that's they'll just thing. use your body. They'll I keep telling people, you, keep, body. 
yeah, we keep telling people, you know, oh, foreign terrorists, we have to do this and that because of foreign terrorists. The terrorists you need to fear are sitting in D.C. They're the only people yeah. that can actually hurt you. And, yeah. um, I, you know, that that's just the fact of the matter. And when you see the bills that get passed, and please, people, read beyond the title in the opening paragraph. And just because somebody says, oh, this is a great bill on Guardian, read the whole bill. Yeah, you yeah. don't get you don't get the crux of what's going on unless you read the whole thing and then try well, to understand that, what they have said. Go the ahead. problem is that they're they're the the laws that are introduced for one thing. You go, you know, we've done a lot of that with Nazca, right? Gone around and and talked to senators and gotten bills passed. But what happens is this: they they usually you can't do you have to do take on a very small part of an issue you can't really uh they won't pass something huge they just won't you know it has to be these tiny steps so if you go too large they'll whittle it down to something that's maybe a little better but it's certainly not what you were hoping and so that's yeah. part of it well it's just I really really hard people, you get a good bill and it's what you want once it is accepted for a vote and it's tabled, it can be amended thousands right. of times without any notice to you. And what yeah. gets passed, everybody stands up and goes, yay, it got passed. There's little to no resemblance to what you wrote. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. And, you know, it just, uh, I, I just, I don't know. Um, the, and the idea that we can only get a little bit at once. Uh, I had people say to me, Oh, you can change it all at one time. That'll oh that you that would be devastating. Why not? Why not? Well, I wish the I wish the uniform uh, guardianship, conservatorship, and other protective arrangements acts would pass in more states. They're picking that apart and using. I think 19 states have now adopted part of it. But it's a mm-hmm. talk about a good bill. That thing, it's just I I think it's absolutely amazing. But nobody will read it. Or even talk about it among yeah. the advocacy. Um, and I don't know why, but that's just the way it is. You know, they just don't. But it's yeah. a very, very good bill that uh, says you cannot put a guardianship on someone if there are any other alternatives. And then they go through the list of alternatives the judge has to consider. I mean, it gives direction. Because, you know, guardianship is but, just But let me explain, Marcia. It can't. It, it, they, you can say that, and if these cases were still in the common courts, in the, in the, you know, the com, under the common law, civil courts, if they were still there, this would have a major effect. But they're not. They have been taken yeah. clear out of there and put into this tertiary system that is not subject to the law. So it makes no yeah, difference. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not sure. I get that about the common law versus. The guardianship because law. It's, it's it like uh, the military tribunals, mm-hmm. and which is what probate is based on. You have no rights in there. You have you can't yeah. use the Constitution. You can't use U.S. law. You can't use anything other than what that tribunal tells you you can use, and nothing else can be entered into the record. And they decide based on their criteria whether you're guilty or you're not, and what the penalties for that will be. It is the same thing. Why do you think they set up 
a tribunal, and that was to get it away from the law. So you have no rights. You can't fight them. So they can pass all the federal laws they want. Well, yeah, federal, federal, they don't want to take on guardianship cases. They won't. They will not take those over. But they will... They will do other things. I mean, there are some things they could do, like uh, have states do proper databases and stuff and provide funds for that. But they really can't interfere in a guardianship case too much. You know, they just don't. I just feel it's racketeering and that under that racketeering law, the RICO, I feel that the federal government should be investigating it. That's true. Oh, they yeah, do investigate. Do no, they the feds. The, the you know the feds will investigate uh, once it reaches a you know if it, let's say the if somebody's found to breach fiduciary duty. That's the other thing that the that the Uniform Act would would make clear. It makes it very clear that a guardian is held to fiduciary standards the same as a broker or somebody like that. Right. So it's you can you can prosecute someone for that. Problem is, a lot of the courts, a lot of the in guardianship court, usually judges will just not do that, which is crazy. Yeah. They should, you should be able to call, you know, law enforcement, which is going to happen sooner or later. They're going to, they're they're going to train, or they are already training, law enforcement, um, to to respond to these cases of guardian abuse. Yeah. Because they used to See, just I, say, and they still do, they just say, oh, that's a civil matter. you got to bring that back to the same court that screwed you in the first mm-hmm. place. Yeah. yeah, that would be a great thing to change. But I I, yeah. I, mean, in my opinion, the judge is just as guilty because the judge is rubber yes. stamping. I mean, all this racketeering that's going on, the ju- I mean, they're not. They are, they're not idiots. They see the family. They say everything that's going on. Like in our case, here's five milligrams of Halidol. Here's the science yeah, that was behind terrible, what that yeah. does. And the judge, and mm-hmm. judge Ott, he doesn't care, you know? I mean, and that's how you kill people. That is the, yeah. Human, yeah. the Mayo Clinic. This is all documented. So, I mean, all my stalkers in Montgomery County here, listen, go Google it. Go to the Mayo Clinic and yeah. read what I got to read when I found out. Yes what my loved yeah, one was horrible. being prescribed. And we all those documents were put in the court and you know, and they just poo pooed it all because they don't they yep. don't want I mean, this is how they're making money. And they're so making money that like they're it, also yeah. avoiding they're avoiding accountability also because um in probably not where you were not in Pennsylvania, but um in your case, I mean, but a lot of times uh the judges just don't really have uh, it, they, they're not directed in process. They're not told how to do what they do. They don't say, first you do this, first you do that, then you do that, and the next thing. Instead, they just do it in one fell swoop, and they say, guardianize. You know, they don't have any requirements for procedures to go through. For example, finding out what has been tried for the person before, trying to have, making sure that the families and others are notified the minute the you know the case is brought before court. You know the petition, all these things that they don't do. It's only because they haven't been. There's no statute, overall statute that says they have to. So, you know, I know that statutes are really kind of useless if somebody doesn't want to pay attention to them at all. They can just 
you know, because they're not law, they're not criminal law. But the right. truth is, if the statutes are there and you can hire an attorney of your own to defend your right, and that's another thing in UCOPA, you can ha- hire yeah. your own attorney to defend you, which you should be able to do. You should be able to cross-examine witnesses. You should be able to cross-examine the evaluator, you know, and get through the bullshit. Because yeah. a lot of it, right. I would say... You know, a ton of this is not is for nefarious reasons and not for the right reasons, and that's the best way to to you know snuff it out. But there's none of that right now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. judges have no requirements, no direction. They just do what they do, and they aren't. They are not judges. A judge is yeah, a, yeah. That is a specific terminology. It applies to the law and to the common courts, civil and criminal. Mm-hmm. These are hearing examiners or ministerial clerks, and they are paid by the same agencies that are coming against you. What do you oh, think? Wow, I didn't know Their that. Decisions be, and they don't have to know anything about the law at all because they don't deal with law. All they have to do is be able it's to read the statute I was, code. I was talking to this really prominent uh, – he's a good guy. Uh, one of the – you know, here's an example of a good Honestly. probate attorney. Um, he was saying, uh, I went to a convention. He was saying that in, I guess it was South Carolina, no, North Carolina. I forgot. I think it's South Carolina. He was saying that South Carolina is like the only, one of the only states left that allows a magistrate, you know, a magistrate judges on, mm-hmm. on various things. Uh, usually not guardianships, but I suppose they could. I mean, I don't know. But, um, yeah. and, you know, they don't have any training and they're, you know, they're, they, they've had construction workers, and there was one guy who was a barbecue restaurant owner, and another was, you know, like stuff like that, right? A jewelry yeah. salesman, a, you know, all these things. And so there's no, uh, there's no real qualification to be, become that level of magistrate judge. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know? Right. And so... You know, you can be somebody's uh, drunk brother and get the job. Yeah. Yeah, and there were all these cases. I looked it up in South Carolina after he said that, and I found all these cases where, like, a magistrate let let his cousin off of a DUI and stuff like that, or somebody else's cousin. You know, all this underhanded dealing. But anyway. Oh, so, um, Kaz, I wanted to ask you a question. This is going back to body parts and so forth. What's with yeah. the 10,000 brains found in, in uh, vats in uh, a basement in Denmark? What was that all about? I don't know. Remember that? Remember you no. sent me an article where 10,000 oh brains were discovered, yeah, were discovered in Denmark uh, that had been collected, I don't know, since 1945 through oh, the yeah. 80s or something? I remember that article. Yes, oh he God. sent it to me, wow. and it was shocking. And what I'm trying to figure out is that I thought I read that in – yes, I did read – that in Denmark, you can uh, – they can take a bot- – they can take – they could take brains without consent of the families. I don't know how that happens. Mm. But they could – you know, I'm not sure how extensive wow. that is in terms of bodies parts and so forth but in that one case it was found out that they could do it without the family's permission 
So families didn't oh, know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I have to look that into that more. Don't quote well. me on this, folks, because I'm not sure I'm 100% right, but I believe I read that. And it's a wow. – it is a question. Do you own your own body after you die? Do yes. you own it? For example, if you were going to have – if I were going to have my body split apart, they were going to make uh, – uh, so much money. Uh, shouldn't I be able to? Shouldn't my family receive some of that? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, or yeah. shouldn't it be at least donated to my favorite charity? The money. I mean, you know, I mean, it just doesn't seem. Yeah, something. Doesn't seem uh, at all. Doesn't, well, when that doesn't, doesn't fit with right. the greed program, when people have greed, no. they don't. They no. don't care. They're gonna. Yeah. So, but what, I just, what, what blows my mind is that this kind of stuff um, has been going on for so long. Um, you know, yes. with body, remember bodies, the body snatchers in the 1800s yeah. and so forth, and even earlier when when medical schools started to really proliferate, they were in need of bodies. And so the, the, the students and other people, we're just digging up graves and usually of the poor because they were not buried in yeah. the same way. You know, if you were indigent, you weren't buried in the same way as, you know, a Vanderbilt, right? So they were yeah. easier yeah. to plunder. And so they would steal those bodies and, and turn them over to universities and so forth. This is in London mainly. Um you know, and they would just use them for dissect, dissection in classes and so, you know, anatomy classes. And that's what a lot of this is for, although, you know, I mean, presently too, is for these classes. Although in Oregon, they just, this lady found out that her husband, he had died, he was 90 years old or something, and she donated his body to science, quote unquote, through one of these body brokers. And uh-huh. later found out that his body had been uh, used in a seminar of curiosities. Some guy ran seminar, oh, and it was a paid a paid webinar that people could pay five hundred dollars to see this body being dissected online. Oh, in a in a big seminar that also had people there. I mean, you know, no. and it wasn't really. Yeah, you know, and the, I mean, the, the uh, anatomy. So any sicko on the street can just watch this instead of someone who's yeah. like in medical yeah. school. Anybody, Ew. anybody could pay five hundred dollars to see this. Jeffrey Dahmer could log on. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> could get his rocks off. You know, oh wow. Sick. wow! Yeah, that was the worst. I mean, there've been a bunch of them. I've read. Uh, descriptions of of these seminars they're held these uh anatomical dissection seminars usually for uh-huh. doctors or it might be say uh some let's say a company is developing a new device to staple your knee together or to you know put screws in your knee like some new device they want to sell yeah. right they've just invented they'll send all of these surgeons and others out to say Las Vegas or someplace to a fancy hotel, right? They'll put them up, give them dinner, a weekend in Vegas, and then they'll yeah. hold this this anatomy thing where they have like 
20 heads on a on on tables in the middle of a room Ugh. you know and they're and they're dissecting them right to show how this new brain implant works you know or whatever they it is they're selling or if they're doing a spine they'll have all these spines or if they're doing something to do with your knee they'll have all these knees and they and there really is i mean the description of these things like you know they saw into something in the blood and bones batters on the rug and you know later there's going to be a wedding you know I mean, oh wow totally sick you know i've read, read oh, so wow. much about this it's just it's so <sighs> inhumane there's something so sick about yes. it just uh well it's sinister you know. mm-hmm. it's a stuff out very of sinister yeah. you know sinister is, is the right uh, word yeah um and it's under the guise the of that... you know these these companies marty you know, like I looked up, there was one that it, uh, as of 2017 was earning $27 million a year on this stuff. Oh, Meanwhile, wow. they're not, they're supposedly not quote unquote profiting. They're just charging fees cover, to cover their expenses, baloney. And yeah. um, that company now, it, the guy sold it, and that company now has, uh, sells parts to, 45 countries or something like that. I mean, makes mm. millions and millions of dollars, millions and millions by selling these parts. And his goal was he wanted the, to be uniform like McDonald's. He wanted oh God. to be, so that if you got a, a knee in one, if you were, you know, anybody who got a knee got the same cut, got the same, you know, the knees were all treated the same. So they're like burgers, you know, the way burgers are assembling yeah. line down a, you know. Yeah. It's just sick. Uh, if you think about wow. it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Is it, it's, it, it just, yeah. You know, you have to wonder here again, too, just like we've wondered about all of the people involved in guardianship, the people at hospice who spend their days murdering people, and these people who yeah. chop up bodies. This is right, not and your they go to yeah, and yeah. they go to hospice, and you know what they do is they the way they yes. procure their bodies is they go to hospice at the last minute, and they say, Charlie, maybe Charlie doesn't have any family. Charlie, you know it would be great if you would donate your body to science. It's really helping future generations, and blah 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 blah. And sure enough, then the guy signs a piece of paper and he's sold off, you know, he saves his family the $8,000 funeral and all of the cremation costs. Um, he probably doesn't have family, but if he did, you know, a lot of poor, really it affects the poor. Mostly it's turned out in all of these things throughout the centuries, actually, because uh, the poor often what will happen is, one of these body burkles will show up at a funeral home or a hospice or a nursing home, hospital, whatever. And they'll say, what are your plans for um, the funeral? I mean, it, and if they're poor, they say, well, we don't have the money to cover it. We're, we're really desperate. Right. We, and chances are they spent, a for, they're not insured, spent a fortune and were probably in debt for medical expenses, you know, like right. crazy. And so they're approaching people who are extremely vulnerable and they, it's very easy to coerce them into saying, 
you know, they'll say, you know, not only are you going to get a free cremation, but you're also contributing to scientific knowledge, medical knowledge. Well, Ah. you know, anybody can buy a body part. Um, Brokers Mm. used to sell them on, you know, one guy was caught on Facebook selling skulls and things. And to think Jeffrey Dahmer ran out and captured people and did this to them when he could have just bought it outright. Yeah, he didn't need to go through all that trouble. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he wouldn't have gone to jail. What do you think they do to the homeless population that really nobody nobody knows yes. who their family is. Yeah, I any, bet that and, I yeah, bet that happens. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think That's they a, allow these homeless populations to expand and grow and exist to begin with? They and are they didn't using get COVID these people and get wiped out. Right. No. Yeah. And uh, uh, why do you think they would allow this to happen? Because you just named the number one. Most of them have nobody who knows where they are, knows who they are, yeah. knows nothing. It's true. They could be disappeared. Yep. Nobody will say a word. That's really true. Um, yep. Well, that's that's what that's what human trafficking is all about. I mean, usually it's yes. a kid off the streets who has nobody, you know, and uh, they end up. Somebody promises them a job, or you know, runaways, people like that. That you know. Are, are they're vulnerable. It's always about the well, vulnerable. You know, it's always about people finding about people. Ten years ago, um, that uh, guy from the CIA, uh, Ted Kennedy, was still in the uh, Senate then, Senate mm-hmm. committee hearing. They were talking about the missing children, close to 800,000 a year, go missing. And this wow. guy from the CIA stood up and said, fully half of the kids who go missing every year, we take. He said, just like the kids in uh, Times Square, he said, we take them. And he said, at least when we take them, they're put to good use. They're not a drag on society. He what? actually said this. And Ted Kennedy, oh liked the, his head like the blew off. And, but they take them to off at Air Force Base and hold them there and then parcel them out. They were, some of those kids were used in the, um, uh, oh, what was that, the that big, Scandal Abe? that broke out there. No, um, no, um, that big scandal was a home for kids, and they were shooting them out to Franklin cover up. They were shooting oh, yeah, them out to DC. Oh, that was in Nebraska. Yes, Nebraska. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and these wow, kids had all been awful. snatched off of off of uh, Times Square, and they were passed yeah. around to politicians for sexual yeah. favors. But it's they awful. do all kinds of things to those children. And this is what I keep telling you. The people you need to fear are in government. That is a yeah. sad statement to make. It's but very sad. are the people who will hurt you and have no yeah, compunction about doing it. Yeah, it's sad. And, I, I, I have to say, after just doing deep dives into some of the things going on, the shadow things going on in government, it's pretty pretty awful. Yes. Pretty awful. Yes. You know, and the idea you read that about what some like of the, the stuff the CIA and the what? Yeah, the do weapons and and um, the stuff with the snatching body parts being unregulated. Since when doesn't the government regulate everything to drain money out of it? And uh, yeah, so there is a reason this remains unregulated. Yeah. 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 And it, Ooh, they they have a bill before Congress 
on body part, uh, you know, trying to regulate it. That that thing's been sitting there since for a couple of years. Nothing's happening on that. Yeah. So you got to wonder, you know, it's such an atrocious thing, but there's so much money yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're invested well, in it. And the other the thing is that the U.S., the U.S., um, you know, there are a lot of countries that forbid um, desecrating the dead, right? I mean, you know, yeah. Thailand. I mean, I don't know what the countries are, but there are yeah. a lot of them. And so what happens is the the institutions that need body parts for, for say, dissection to study or whatever, medical field or whatever, they'll rely on um, the U.S. for those parts. So not only is the U.S., Trans, uh, transferring body parts all over the U.S., sometimes two or three times leased, like one head might be leased to once and then come back and then it gets leased again and comes back and used for a different person, uh, purpose. Maybe one was for uh, dental surgery, another was for, uh, you know, neck. I don't know. But the point is that they could be used for multiple things. And so they'd make money on every transfer of the body part. I mean, that's just, you know, just so gross. But I so not only do we have this, not only do we have this trade going on in the States, but the States, ha- they have a huge presence in around the world doing this. That's so, awful. Yeah. I mean, there are some regulations when, when you bring something out of the country and you try to get it back in, um, they, there are some problems there. They found one guy. They found, you know, this one guy kept getting caught going across the, not going across the border, going to Canada, but on the way back, they'd find this, they found him several times with a bunch of heads in his truck, you know, bloody heads and boxes leaking and things, you know, and so that guy finally and got that's... nailed, but... Now, would he get nailed for, like, the murder of them, or he just, no. oh, I'm just, really? No, he got, he got, uh, because you know, the only reason he got nailed was because he was selling body parts that were infected with either AIDS or hepatitis. So he was selling diseased body parts. So, oh my God. you know, you know, it's like selling a bunch of, I don't know, like, let's say you had a real a smallpox victims. You know, somebody yeah. with serious disease that could could um, transfer to anybody who's studying that body part later. So that's what he got nailed for. Very Arthur creepy. Rathbone. He was yeah. Burn Rathbone. He was the creepiest guy ever. Did you ever see the no. documentary by, I think it's Lisa Ling is her name? I've never forgotten it. I It was what probably was it? about... It was probably about 15 years ago, and her name is, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure her name is Lisa Ling, and she did this documentary, and people who were on the transplant list, and they were way mm-hmm. down, what you could do to go get your transplant, like, to bypass the list, because you might die before the list is up, mm-hmm. is they were going to China, and China has oh, yeah. all these different people in the prisons, and they That's would do right. a match, and yeah. and I just thought, what what would you do? Like if you knew that the only way that you're going to live is you're going to go to China and they're going to kill somebody over there that is your match. 
so that you can live. And she asked, and, and she asked all the people, and it was all, you know, middle-class America. She asked them all that question, and they were just, so I, I try not to think about that part That's of really it. It's a really interesting like, question. It's really, really awful. Well, in China, yeah. in China, uh, they, they're the second largest transplant program in the world, okay? And their operations uh, really increased rapidly, like in the early 2000s, and without any corresponding rise in voluntary organ donors. So they were wondering, well, what the heck is going on here, you know? And so the investigations were done, and it was found that uh, the Falun Gong, you know, who are they're conscientious objectors, basically, sort of. And they, mm-hmm. uh, they and the Uyghurs were being detained, prosecuted, and killed by the Chinese government. And what they would do, they found many cases in which the people had, they were killed to order. Okay. So let's say, and they had a huge international trade in organ, organs, right? People would come, mm-hmm. just as you said, they'd come from all over the world to get organs in China because that's the only place that could get them, right? That really had them. And nobody thought twice about it. And yet what was really going on was when the prisoners were entered the prison, they were tested, given all kinds of tests, right? So that they would know right. who would match what when the time came. And then yeah. when somebody came in with the right profile needing a transplant organ, they would shoot the person to order and then extract yeah. their organs within just a few minutes. But also found out that a lot of times they would just, the per, the reason the person, the, re, the way the person was executed was just be strapped down to a table and, and they'd cut into them, take out the organs while they were alive. Mm-hmm. Now that is just what we, unbelievable. What we know about that is that when they do organ harvesting, if the organs are deprived of oxygen for two minutes or more, they're worthless. So when they do organ harvesting and they claim the person is dead, they aren't. They are yeah, still quite a, alive. And when uh, they, do, they can be brain they dead, but their heart's still beating and they can take them then. Yeah. Um, but awful. what they do is uh, give them a paralytic like they do with prisoners in prison that they're executing, uh-huh. same process. Mm-hmm. And then so that they can't scream or cry out or move, and then they eviscerate them while they're still breathing. Uh, and they're on a bed, they're Dr. on a Bird. life support, right? They're on yeah, life support? Yeah, we had Dr. Bird yeah. said he participated in one. He said the guy, tears were running out of his eyes, and he raised his arm up. He said, that was it for me. But oh, um, no, the person is alive, and anybody they're keeping on life support, they're keeping on life support while they look for a blood and tissue match where they can sell yes. those organs. Yes, that's, why that, that's all true. That's all true. <coughs> yeah, it's all true. <coughs> Terrible. Then they'll say, oh, there's no point in going on with this. We're going to take him off life support. means we got a buyer. And uh Yeah. Yeah. So it just That's right. Yep. It's just revolting. I don't know. When do you think it is. that when do you think that enough of like the majority of the people in the world population will understand what's going on? Because everyone the sheeple just don't seem to care. But it's just like 
this is like monster movie. This is. It really like, is like monster movie. And it's yeah, all it's real. Like monster movie. Well, I think it's like the boiled frog syndrome. I think, you know, yeah. a frog won't realize it's going to die. You know, it's boil. What happens is if you turn, if you put a, everybody knows this, but if you put a frog in a pot, so they say, you turn the pot on, if you do it gradually enough, the frog won't realize it's as it's being boiled. It'll be kind of, uh, it won't jump out of the pot if you do it slow enough. It'll just boil eventually and sit there. So it's kind of like that. In other words, you're, we've kind of gotten used, we're desensitized every day to this stuff. It's so, it's so upsetting. I mean, I, I, the more I read about these things and study them, the more outraged I become, I'm not somebody who becomes desensitized by it. And I think there's a lot of um, independent reporting now that you don't get on CNN or Fox or any of these mainstream media outlets that are really the, the really good independent journalism is rising. And, you know, there are a couple like Redacted, if you've ever watched that one, and or Whitney Webb, Unlimited Hangout. Um, these are people who are really doing deep investigations into things and discovering he, just how bad stuff can be. And I, I think it was uh, Solzhenitsyn, you know, the guy who was put in the gulag and wrote about it. He said something like, uh, they know they're lying. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. And they know we know they know we know they're lying, and they're still lying. Yeah. That's the way government is. Oh my is. gosh! Yeah, it, yeah. And so that's it, a powerful like, statement. Yeah, it just makes you wonder, though, as we have all these reporters and everyone's investigating, and they have all the evidence that everything's out there, and then is our media has it become? corrupt that they won't allow these stories to air because someone's paying them off? What do you think? Oh, they're censored like crazy. The whole Twitter saga right now is fascinating. I mean, they had all kinds of censorship coming from FBI and everybody, you know, there were so many, uh, and mainly it was censoring uh, Republicans, you know, right-wingers. It was censoring anything that had to do with um, what people on the right respect, like personal rights and keeping your guns and, you know, that kind of stuff, basics. And, uh, yes, they were censoring like crazy. And it's shocking to me. Of course, that's what they're all doing. Yeah. And the media, you know, if if you've ever read – Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book. Did you ever read that, Marty, the one on Fauci? Yes. Yes. Wasn't that incredible, What he, the way he described um, how the censorship works? I mean, yes. the, the, all the news companies, are, it's all corporate now. It's all corporate run. Yes. So uh, they, have, they can censor anything they want to, and if they get paid enough, they'll censor, you know, what, you know, the people with money are going to have uh, social media censored in their favor. I I have an uncle, and he was an investigative journalist for the Washington Post. Awesome. And I went down – yeah, his name was Leslie Witten. 
And mm-hmm. I went down one time to visit and he, and it was myself and my youngest son and we had lunch with him and he said, the gate of journalism is over. And that, this was like the whole Harvey thing. He just was horrified. Like no one, no one's writing articles about this. He goes, this should be so mm-hmm. easy to stop. But he said that people are more worried about Kim Kardashian or what's going on in Hollywood. And he said, it's a wall that's just come over you know, all of our media and investigative journalists is going to be, you know, who's having an affair with who. And he said the real, yeah. the real crimes that are going on. Now he was a journalist during, you know, Watergate. And yeah. I just growing up and, you know, I, I lived in Washington, D.C. And growing up with, you know, my uncle who worked for D.C. and Watergate and everything that was going on, you know, and wow. then he ended up. Um, being thrown in jail by the Nixon administration. I was this little girl. I remember watching on television. We had to go stay with my grandmother and she's crying. She's like, they have my baby. They have my baby. Yep. That was um, my dad and Harvey's oldest brother. And and he, you know, was, you know, a a really great award-winning investigative journalist. And he went to jail because he wasn't going to give his sources up for something with an Indian Yeah. I, I can't even, I was just really little, so I don't even remember yeah. it all, but it, you know, and he just, he just says, you know, now nobody cares. Nobody will take the risk. And all these stories out here, like what happened to Harvey, he, it, you know, he said, this shouldn't be, but everyone is lulled into worrying about who in Hollywood is doing what. And yeah, we're it's paying all a great distraction. Great, it's a big yeah, distraction. Yeah. We're paying a great, a great price. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. purposeful distraction, in my opinion. You know, oh, it's it's yeah. the dumbing down of everyone. And I think that dumbing down is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I don't get any news from, from the big outlets anymore. You don't, they no. don't tell you anything. They just tell you yeah. the latest scandal, the latest this, the latest that. Maybe a few things about the war in Ukraine, but not a deep dive. No. That I that I've found. I mean I've found deeper dives elsewhere. I but feel I like we think find independent I think independent journalism is really getting good though. I think that because um yeah, I think so. Um I'm on the board of a independent journal here and what they do, which is amazing, it's mainly about issues in the state, Native American issues, uh, you know, Pueblo issues, um mm-hmm. New Mexican issues about foster yeah. care, about all kinds of corruption here, I'll tell you. Oil, oil wow. and gas, uh, plutonium, you know, at Los Alamos, all these kinds of things. But they also coordinate. What happens is the stories get picked up by Politico or or we've worked with Politico. Um, I should say they, I'm just on the board. Um, but the journalists work with Politico. They work with the Washington Post. They share their news with local news everywhere and, you know, other states. And so there's now more of a connectivity between separate, small, independent journalist outfits. And that's powerful. You know, and I think I think there's actually a push now against mainstream media. And I think the push is shown, has shown up on guardianship too. I think that yeah. there are more articles now. When I first started collecting articles 2011 or something yeah uh, there were maybe there was maybe one every couple of months then by now i mean by the time Brittany 
the Britney case yeah. was happening, it was every day I'd find a new article. So yeah, I do think that I do think that that truth wins in the long run, uh, even if it's suppressed. I think the more it's suppressed, um, the more it's going to come out. So I mean, do you think, Marcia? Do you think someday the atholes will be the rock will be listed and every one of those atholes and what they've done will be revealed? Well, I think some of a lot of it is being revealed. I mean, I'm reading cases, like on aren't a big, you? Well, I feel like on a big, you know, I still see them all living their best life and knowing what they do. Basically, yeah. they're kind of like body parts. Yeah, they're trapped. They're they're buying and selling people in a way. I mean, you know, in yeah. a way, it's similar because they're yeah. they have total control over somebody, and they can do yeah. with them what they wish. And it's not that's not always a good idea to give someone total power over someone else. In fact, it's a horrible idea, and it should yeah. never be done. Yeah, never. I would say. Yeah, I would say that they're probably just as disgusting of a human. They just are doing a different, a different part of, you know, yeah. the industry. Yeah, just disgusting. Yeah. It is I can't an imagine. Industry. Like, if you can you imagine, Marsha? Like, you go for a job interview, you get this job, and then like oh, down like three weeks later, you start to realize like some kind of really, you know, you're a secretary for some shipping company, and you realize they're doing something super disgusting like this. Like, yeah, like what shipping body parts. Yeah, and you'd be yeah, like, oh, my gosh, know. you know? But you were making so much money, then you'd be like, well, I'm going to buy a new house. I don't know. I mean, at what point yeah. can like, what's people the, need to check their morals? The process. That's the process I really want to get look into. How do you morally disengage in such a way as to do something that ordinarily you would you would think of as completely disgusting? How is it that well, you get yeah. coerced? And kind of, you something changes in a person. I mean, something is changed, and how does that happen? You know, how does somebody start off being a good person, say, and end up yeah. being an SS guard at a you know Nazi camp? You know, you just they're just yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm and, sure and, all know, those people so, didn't start off evil. You no, know? and Although, so many of them like well, they say you know they had a family and they had this and that, and but it's like but but. That sounds that sounds like like an excuse on the surface, but you have to really dig down and realize what did they see. I read an article once, Marcia, and this will haunt mm-hmm. me. There was they would do also experiments on people in gas chambers, yes. and they yes. put a family, a mom, dad, and the two kids in a gas chamber while they sat and watched. You know, and they were doing it. And in the article, it said the parents. I mean, I'm going to try not to cry. The parents started doing like. Um, CPR or like mouth to mouth on their children, Aww. trying to keep their children alive. How can you sit and watch that and uh, go? Well, I don't know. This is this, this, this how I'm earning my living. I'm going to watch that. I, that's horrifying. That visualize that is what was done to people. It's disgusting. Yeah, and you know and you a lot it. of it. It it, it sort of I I think, you know, a lot of those things, edging towards fascism are really scary. You know, I think yeah. I think there are a lot of things going on in our country. Just the secrecy and the um, the underhandedness of lots of things going on right now 
it's just uh it's scary to me it feels like it's uh you know rolling up into one big ball of hell you know i don't know yeah. maybe not I, i'm discouraged these days about it but maybe tomorrow i'll feel better but after reading all this stuff about body parts, it really I know. Well, when, it made when the, me feel whole, real cheer, I'm cheerful, honest, you know? When the show first started, I almost was going to have to text Marty and be like, I, I'm going to have to check out of this one. This one is, this is a it's hard topic to talk to. Yes. But, but I can't be sheeple. You can't, you can't bury your head to this. You got to tough it up and you no. got to be, men, be mentally tough and you got to got to hear it and you got to go and I think, I think a lot of it too is that people don't know history they don't really yeah. understand the history and how you know I mean when I was sort of investigating the body trade um, I was looking back at the history of it and you know it's been in existence for you know the first time they did dissections of human beings was back in Egyptian times. You know, where'd they get the bodies? How'd that happen? I don't know. But, you know, so this kind of, that has existed forever, which is one thing. But then when medical school started burgeoning in the 1800s, you know, they they really needed bodies. That's when all the body snatching started. And then uh, it, in the U.S., same kind of thing was happening and at first it was just individuals stealing and giving. Then they, then when the railroads came, they had whole networks of where to put, sell the bodies and body parts. So, and then because at every train stop they could have, you know, a contact. And so they developed these webs. So this has been going on forever. And then, and I think it was 1872. Was it 1872? Uh, maybe it was. Seven no yeah it was it was in the 1700s 1782 um, England came up with a law something called the murder law okay so the murder law meant that because they wanted to they, there was a whole bunch of crime happening in London just tons mm -hmm. of it for just a briefly so they decided well we've got to create better deterrence for against crime and so they. They decided that desecrating a body, uh, the dead person's body would be a deterrent. And so what they did was allow uh, those bodies. You had two choices. You could either be um, chained and hung from, you know, they have these amazing um, like etchings and things of bodies hanging from trees. And what they did was they'd leave the bodies of the prisoners after they were ex they were hung, and they would leave them with chain. They called it gibbeting. They would chain them to a tree and leave them out there for people to see for a long time until they yeah. decomposed. Or the other choice was to have your body, you know, cut up and, and sold, you know, and, and sold off basically. So then what happened was so there was a huge demand at the time for corpses, right? And so then oh. what happened was they extended, they extended the, let's see, how do you put it? They broadened the definition of what's a, what could be a crime that could cause execution. And there were all kinds of weird things that they listed that, you know, stealing a loaf of bread or, you know, I don't know what, but, you know, stealing a horse, um, you know, weird stuff. And so, 
they got more bodies that way. You know, it, it's, oh it's insane. God. In other words, it created a motive for them to actually execute more people. That's what was going oh. on. I mean, that is unbelievable to me. It's just, it sounds like it like goes back to the beginning of time. And you know, when you yes. think of it, like when I think about being that frog in the water, technically all of us looking at mummies is kind of, if you really think about it, that was a person, you know, Yeah. and, and yes. we're gross, you know, when yes. we're, and we're going to the museums and yeah. Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. It's, you know, I've, but that was more of a, you know, like if you look at, at the Egyptian tombs and stuff and, you know, you see the mum, mummified remains, yeah. um, that's more of a tribute. I mean, they honored their dead. I mean, they, honored, yeah. they built these huge, you know, pyramids to them and so forth. Of course, granted, they were all the kings and queens. Right. And not I'm sure they wouldn't regular like people. to be, <laughs> if they knew what was happening to them now, that they were just being like carted around all over the world for, you know, they're not in their tomb anymore. They would not be happy about yeah. it. That's probably true. But, yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, my but, goodness. Yeah, so it has existed for a long, long time, really long time. How many um, people do you think are Oh, involved? then in Cuba. Oh, I did. I forgot about this. In Cuba, yeah. uh, in the 60s, you know, right after Castro came into power, they had, um, they would extract the blood of political prisoners before, right before they were executed. So they, they would, they sold blood too. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yep. Wow. I mean, there's blood like farms. I guess. I mean, you know, I never thought about this before, but you know, there is um, that one religion, Jehovah Witness. They won't take blood transfusions or do this kind of stuff. I wonder That's what they know that the rest of us don't. Yeah, know. they know something we don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they know something. Yeah, it's pretty disgraceful. Pretty disgraceful. Yeah. Marty, are you still there? Yes, Uh-oh. I'm just listening. Oh, oh you're here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Marty, yes. Marty's still here. Marty. Good. Yeah. Probably, well, anyway, you know, it's, it's pretty turns. scary, all this stuff. It's very scary. It, it really is. It's very um, scary. I'm glad I'm well, older. And I won't have to, leave. you know, I worry for kids, like grandchildren yes. and things. You know, what are they going to go yeah. through? What's it going to be like yeah. for them? But you know what? Probably there was help. something that your grandmother worried about, about you, you know, and it's, yeah, you That's know, they true. were doing, I mean, think about they the, always thought the nuclear think, war was coming and yeah, air think raids. about the yeah. know, Cuban missile crisis and you know, we were ducking under deaths yeah. and things, you know, it Energy did feel crisis. really scary that, then. That was the one yes. I was remember being little that we were going to go back and live like caveman times because we were going to run out oh, of energy. Was, oh yeah, <laughs> in third grade. <laughs> that was Carter Carter's administration. Yeah, in and place, we lived in DC, so it was very. Oh, terrifying. you heard all about it, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I was I was right there. I can remember when Carter was in office because it was um you know it's a very big tourist area to come to DC. Oh yeah, and they had all these. Big smiling peanuts, and every 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 store that you'd walk in was a big smiling peanut. It was like you know how every president yeah, has their like that. thing. Yeah, and one of the, the presidents planters, was that yeah. Reagan was um, jelly bellies or jelly be- these jelly beans. Oh yes, jelly he beans. loved jelly beans. Yes, 
Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah, did. I've forgotten who. Yeah. It was like they always had a, a touristy thing. Um, well, we moved then from there during Reagan, so I don't know what the next tourist stuff was because I think it's only yeah, sold that's in that area. Yeah, Yeah. Wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah. <sighs> well, anyway. So yeah, um, we're done. I think... So, so Marty, how does this relate to whistleblowing? Because do you think, here's my question, do you think that I think there would be more whistleblowers about these things if they weren't in there, danger and if they, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. And um, the thing is, is getting them to step forward because yes. uh, this is an ugly, ugly issue. And mm-hmm. even the people that would support him don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to face right. this. That's right. Yeah, that's going to be a problem no one, in and of itself. It seems so, like the only um, day that anyone would want to hear this is October 31st. And they'd be like, ooh, ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. They, it almost sounds like but, ghost, ghost stories. It, but it has it's that real quality. It's scary. Well, let yeah. me talk to Marcel about it, see what she says. She's the final word on yeah, everything. Yeah, I would like to know. So, this would be a new panel. Yeah, I would love to. I would just love to know um, why or the psychology behind um, not whistleblowing about something when you see it. Right. You know, I mean, right. there are many people who see all this stuff and they don't blow yeah. the whistle. Right. Um, that, why? Yeah. Right. Why? Yeah. There, there's Sometimes more to it. They, you have to have. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, part of it is that uh, we don't want to see evil. We don't want it. We'll, our, our psyches will do anything not to see what's right in front of us if it, we don't like it. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. true enough. Um, you know what I'm saying? You just don't assume yes. the worst. And as a result of not assuming the worst, you can become blind to a lot of stuff because you assume right. the best. Because you want right. to assume the best. Oh, people wouldn't do that. Oh, come on. No way. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. That kind of <laughs> that's thing. That's called sheeple. And then you're a sheeple. Yeah. yeah, it is sheeple. That, yeah. That's yeah. what I always tell Marty. If it wasn't for Judge Ott and everything that he did to me and my family, I would be a sheeple right now. It it was, mm-hmm. like, so eye-opening to think, like, you know, the fool that I was to think that, the law actually worked and things were true and oh, just. Yeah. I mean, and then, and once you experience the one thing, you can, you can like, you know, any kind of conspiracy theory that someone can present, if you can actually look at it like intelligently and not be yes. a sheeple and go, oh no, and go, oh crap. Yeah, not I mean, just like react this, to this it. This very topic. Yeah. Of course I'm right. not going to think you know, a sheeple would be like, oh, this is just their conspiracy theorist. And they won't do yeah. any investigating to see that it's all true. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It's terrifying. But it, what, what scares me is that there is a, a sector of our government, both state and federal, that is mm-hmm. dedicated or focused on getting rid of as many of us as possible. And yeah. I think somehow all of this bears into that. Uh, because they I provided them a way I of dispensing with the evidence, and um, yeah, you know, you get rid of that, and you pretty well done your job. I, I don't know, but let yep. me talk to Marcel and see what she says. Yeah, um, yeah, 
because I would, yeah, I think this might, I would love to, uh, might make a, you know, th- those people yeah. who do come forward are very special, right? I mean, they're not the norm, right? That's what's so odd. Right. You you would think that if you saw something really bad going on, you would just rat people out, but you get scared, I guess. There's some, yep. there's some kind of indoctrination going on, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of yeah, brainwashing. Well, that and, yeah, and then, you know, you get the people around you who will, you know, participate in antagonizing you and, you know, tormenting you. It's a vicious yes. circle. It really is. Yes, we are down to about 90 seconds here. And, okay. Um, well, Marcia, thanks for coming on. It was great talking to this, you. Yes, yeah, thank you. It's always, it kind of broadens to the topic, more. doesn't it? <laughs> it really yes, broadens yes the it does. Uh, and there's so we many other things we can talk this. about, too. We will. We yeah. will. We'll keep digging. And we will. All right. Okay. Now, everybody, um, the 15th will be our last broadcast of the year, and that will be with USDA and the Black Farmers. Um, oh. And from there, we'll take two weeks off and come back the first week in January. And quite Sounds frankly, great. I need a break. You and, do, uh, you so do. So we'll be coming in with a you know a new roster of shows and um everybody thank you for supporting us i truly appreciate Thanks, it i know Marty. Oz does yes yes and thank uh, you it just yep we'll keep going just as long as we can keep going so you bet and if you have any suggestions please get me on facebook or as many of you have my email whatever and um but let me know we got 10 seconds. I want to thank everybody okay. for being here. Cause Marsha, thank you. And good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Yep. Good night.